Everybody, 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 drop your buff, stop, 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 Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. And happy Thanksgiving, Evan. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. What, uh, uh, happy... what did, you, did you did you do a whole Thanksgiving thing? I did. I have, I'm out in the Hamptons right now. I have my mother, both of my brothers. I have my in-laws are here. I have my nephews are here. I have my niece that's in my uh, sister-in-law's stomach. Stomach? Where does a kid go? Uh, belly. Yes. Belly. <laughs> Not stomach. That's weird. Um, we're all here. So, yeah, it's been really fun so far. I, um, I'm, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Oh. But, like, there's only, like, five good holidays, so I don't think it's, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's either Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas... Uh-huh. Like Labor Day. Yeah. I mean I do love Arbor Day. Um but my only thing with Thanksgiving is it's like you spend and I, I, I I'm not saying anything revelatory here. You spend so much time making all this food and like five minutes eating it. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, so, absolutely. And also like I just I got full so quickly. Um so my current 2023 assessment is next year no appetizers we did like a giant cheese board earlier on in the day but it's like meat and cheese specifically fills you up um and you do like a whole turkey thing we did four chickens and then billy made short ribs wow yeah we're not four chickens yeah four chickens for 11 people so that's we have a vegetarian per person yeah, but also we've got a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so lots and lots of chicken. Wow. Well, very appropriate for uh, last night's Survivor where they also had some chicken. They Just chicken, indeed. though. Just chicken. No sides, no appetizers. Can I issue, like, <laughs> a warning now? Yeah. Tune out now. So, yeah, I did not enjoy this episode of Survivor, uh-huh. and I'm going to speak to why. And so if you're someone who you know, are amongst the commenters about, like, the negativity. This is going to be an episode that uh, only confirms your suspicions uh, about this being a very negative podcast. So just putting that out there right now, it's how I feel. If it's not how you like to consume uh, audio surrounding the show that you love, I completely understand, and we part ways here. Yeah, just make sure you press the download button and then delete it, just so we register a listen. Exactly. Yeah, well, that seems to be the sentiment that I'm seeing online is that uh, it's a low for the season. Um, It's a big whiplash from last week's episode, which people really loved. uh, That I mean, like most of this episode was spent at a challenge that we had several legs in and complicated rules regarding uh, and then at a journey. So it's a it's an it's a choice to spend the 90 minutes doing all of that, especially at this point where uh, we've talked about in the past that this final nine has 
led to some iconic votes uh, in the pre-new era because you've got this split of potential 5-4. You've got a lot of potential, you know, if there's a split vote, then somebody can really like topple an alliance here. Uh, And so the choice to, and I think that at this point in the past few seasons is when they have done this tribe split that they did, uh, you know, when Caleb and Sifu went home. And so people have been complaining about that, like, oh, we're we're missing the potential of an iconic final nine vote uh and then here we get it back we think we're getting it back uh, and lo and behold they make this move to potentially remove three votes Uh, at the end of the day they only removed two votes from players but it still prevents any of these really fun things that could happen at a final nine vote from happening just uh, just an odd choice yeah it's funny uh billy and i watched the episode last night when we got back so we were like a little bit delirious from like alcohol and and lots of food but what billy said to me after the episode was um did anything happen in that episode and i was like no and and i think that was like my takeaway and it reminded me like for drag race viewers they that show expanded to 90 minutes several seasons ago and when you get to like the final five area with 90 minute drag race it's like they really struggle to fill the space And I'm not making an incredibly lateral uh, comparison here, but this was one of those moments where I was like, this doesn't bode well for the future 90 minute episodes because there's so little to like, there's so few dynamics amongst these nine cast members at present. And obviously dynamics can change, um, but the less people you have, the less variables there are uh, for drama or, or shifting alliances. And so if things continue on the path they're on now and we have, I, I mean, I guess you could call it a pagonging, but I just don't think this Reba tribe is that close. I think it's just circumstantial, which I guess is all tribes in some senses, uh, or excuse me, alliances. Um, but uh, I just don't see how we're going to continue to fill the 90 minute episodes moving forward. Here's my take on it is that I think that there was a lot of potential, especially with this episode for a jam-packed 90 minutes but what we needed was again coming back to the 26 days we needed that day off because what we're starting to see like there were glimmers of emily realizing she's not really a part of this reba four in the way that she's been like really putting in the work to try to be finding out from drew oh by the way like it's not jake uh, it's going to be Kendra and her going, well, wait, like, wait a second, that doesn't really work for me. But there's like, it's clear, like the sun's going down by that point and everybody's just coming back together. They've got like what an hour or two before tribal council to work out the strategy. I think had they had more time, if we had taken out this journey, if we had taken out this trip to the sanctuary, even we would have had more time at camp for people to start realizing where they're at. And that's the time that we need for like the Keturah and the Bruce and the Emily to sort of come together and be like, wait a second, like maybe there's a move we can make here, but it doesn't seem the players were afforded that time. And if they were like that could fill 90 minutes, like that could be really interesting, but they're just not given the opportunity to do that. I definitely appreciate that optimism. Um, I guess like my question is like with Emily, for instance, it's like, this has always been the case. When you first linked up with Austin and Drew, they were always a part of a tribe, if not an alliance. Would depend Even if you didn't fully know the scope of their closeness, there's just the implicit nature of them coming from the same tribe. So for Emily to all of a sudden have this aha moment, um, I feel like is strange in terms of, 
you know, my understanding of her as being a smart strategic player, then where was that intelligence and, you know, where was that several weeks ago? So I don't know. I, I all these dynamics are set in pretty, pretty much stone to me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I do suspect, I, I mean, I think that Emily has always known her place, but I think that we've seen her really put in the effort with Drew in particular. And like, she's hoping that that will pay off at some point to be able to like weasel her way into that form, maybe kick somebody out. And there's just not time to like socialize that idea if that's something that she really wants to actually pursue. But here's what's missing from, I don't, whether you want to say Modern Survivor or 45, who's to say, but like when you say she's like put in the work, that's like two scenes that we've seen over the season of like them bonding over like working together. There's been no like them as human beings connecting on any Mm, level outside of talking about strategy. And also the strategy is very loose because they've been in, they've been, especially Drew has been at an advantage in the game at every turn. He's never been the underdog. And even Emily, I think, post coming out of her, the individual tribes, I don't, has always been in a pretty good position. So even like when we talk about these alliances and and tribes and what have you, the bonds just seem a hundred percent predicated on game. There's really Mm -hmm. like no people where you're like, wow, these people just really like each other. And if we're going to make the um, comparison with Austin and Drew to Steven and JT, I think part of the intrigue of Steven and JT on Token Sheens was like these people who seemingly came from like polar opposite sensibilities, you know, like Steven was like intellect and JT was brawn. Um, The fact that they came together and formed a really real bond that didn't seem just about the game. You know what I mean? It seemed very much like they were playing the game together, but they were playing it together because they wanted to, because they liked each other as people. I don't see that with this cast. I mean, like even like uh, D with Austin, these, these sub dynamics all just seem, we see them when they talk about the game. Yeah, that's right. And that comes back to what we've been saying for a long time. And it's, it's not our idea, but this concept of the show, that we fell in love with in the old seasons being a show about players playing a game. And now it's a show about a game that people are playing, right? And so we've taken out that human element where, yes, part of the intrigue of JT and Steven were that they were from totally different worlds and they came together and they were able to learn from one another. And we saw that not just in them talking about game, but also just bonding at camp. And, you know, we get these throwaway shots, as you say, with like Austin and D and we're hearing, we're being told, Oh, Austin and D have this close connection. And Austin's telling us, Hey, I really like D, but that's interspersed with just scenes of them. Like, I can't like not even really saying anything. We're just getting like B roll of them. And so if that's the case, like I want to see what this dynamic is. I mean, there's like chatter online is like, is this a showmance, which I don't think it, I think like, I'm pretty sure that D is in a long-term relationship. But uh, if, if this is like, if we're going to fuel that fire, then show us them like chit chatting, right? Like we saw that in the early parts of the season, like these scenes that even, even if they were, to uh, set up a payoff later in the season, but you know, laying around talking about Dee's toe, like that's the kind of stuff I want. I want to see like what are Austin and Dee chit chatting about at camp that is making them feel close to one another, or is it strictly just that you know they are maybe the the alpha female alpha male of the Reba Four, and that's just working for them? Um, right. Like I, I need to know what 
is going into their relationship that's making others perceive that this is the dynamic. But even when Austin came back from the journey or whatever, uh, and it was like, you know, I'm going to tell my, my my Reba right away. But the scene we saw was him telling Drew and D and not Julie mm-hmm. just underlines the fact of like, are D and Julie that close? Is this really a foursome? Like, are we just believing that they're like Reba strong? And maybe they are, but this doesn't like this, this foursome is more something that we've been told about than we've been shown. And also is Julie, who is should very much recognize that she's on the bottom of this four, is Julie at all thinking about that and wondering about potentially, like, going elsewhere? It seems like the writing is very much on the wall for Julie. Um, that's, I guess, my big complaint is, like, I don't know. On the one hand, I do appreciate, like, an alliance coming together and steamrolling. Like, I genuinely do. Because um, that really reminds me of, like, old school Survivor. But... I don't think that this, like, alliance is as much of an alliance as they are of, like, convenience and deciding to work together so that they can take other people out, which as I say this, I'm kind of like, well, yeah, that, again, that could be a lot of alliances. But there's just something about a lack of, like, options right now. I'm going back to Billy's quote about, like, did anything happen? It's like, there's just not much happening. Like, Drew, Austin, D, and Julie feel pretty much in lockstep right now. Um, Emily doesn't really feel like she's playing the game hard enough to really capitalize on her st- state of being in between. And then, like, Katora and Bruce, for instance, which was, like, a dynamic for weeks and weeks and weeks, that plot line just completely fell out. That other group feels completely destabilized, but not to the point of it being like excitingly caustic. Does that make sense? It's just mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah, like they're not, they're not, they're not aligned the way that Reba is. So I, I guess I'm just looking for more like options of things to get excited about down the line that I'm not seeing. Yeah, I think that like a great example and to go all the way back to season one and that Toggy alliance, I mean, that was an alliance of convenience as well, right? Like they just happened to be on Toggy and there were the people willing to vote together. But what made that such dynamic television was that we got to see the inner workings of that alliance and that like they didn't always like each other. And we had this really complex relationship between Rudy and Rich, but we also had a really complex relationship between Richard and Sue. Like while they thought alike in a lot of ways, they also clashed in so many ways. And then, of course, you had the incredible stuff with Sue and Kelly. Like, everybody had their own dynamics within it, and they they realized they had to vote in lockstep with one another in order to get to the end, but that didn't necessarily mean that they liked each other, and that's okay, too. It's just, like, we want to explore that. And I think, again, like, not just with the Emily thing, but I think we saw glimmers of that in this episode when Julie goes and tells Dee, hey, like, I've got Kendra and Bruce ready to vote for Jake, and I would really like to vote for Jake. And Dee goes, well, we're not voting for Jake, we're voting for Kendra. And you can see there's, like, frustration in Julie's face, and being like, well, here's D calling the shots once again, but then there's no follow-up. It's not like, and here's how I feel about that, and here's how I'm going to deal with this moving forward, or I just have to suck it up and like start to seed with Austin and Drew that we need to get rid of D because she'll win if she's in the end. Like We're just not getting that next level deeper, which with a 90-minute episode, we should be getting. Right, right. Because you know it's, ha- it's ha- got to be happening. But even if it is... You know, if 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 the plot line is Jake versus Kendra, like either way, I don't find that to be that 
exciting. Like the who's it going to be? Because they both in this feel case? like inevitable boots. Yeah, yeah, they are inevitable boots. I mean, not just if we think about this alliance, but knowing this bag of tricks, if you will, that Austin has that absolutely will help. Like when when you've got two idols, you're going to the end unless you're a fucking idiot. Um, and he doesn't seem like an idiot. Wow, well, like James. Like James. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> something can happen to take yeah. out the... But, like, it just doesn't seem likely. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The other thing I just noticed in this episode was, like, my expectation was that 90 minutes was going to mean perhaps more attention on, like, you know, we call it camp life. or that, That's mm-hmm. assuming they call it camp life, which is essentially just, like, which I thought to mean, like, non-game-related moments, mm-hmm. um, which what I'm realizing is it just means more around camp talking strategy but like for this being like you know they say 26 days but it's harder than ever because they have no food we see like no impact on them having no food we see no scenes of them trying to find food we see no, no fishing none of them out on the boat together i mean there's just there's no survival there was no survival in this episode to my memory um whatsoever and that too is a big bummer because i i have no sense of time it's day 17 we're about two-thirds of the way through the game but that wear of like the two-thirds mark is not felt in any way from the viewer perspective yeah i think that one of like there was one moment uh in the episode where i thought okay well this is the kind of quote-unquote camp life scene that we probably wouldn't get in a 60-minute episode, especially with all these twists thrown in here. And that was uh, when Dee, Drew, and Jake were back at camp after the challenge and they're making rice and Dee and Drew are eating the rice while Jake is away. And like that, I really, really appreciated. To throw a positive at this episode is like, that's the kind of stuff I need because that's them. They're Yeah, they're talking about the game a little bit, but we're really getting this image, like... D doesn't come off well in that scene. And I get to see how, and this is building on, you know, a couple weeks ago when she's in the water dictating the vote. And then, you know, with Julie later in the episode sort of dictating the vote. And here we see like she feels so powerful that, you know, not like she can kind of like push Jake around and eat his rice while he's away and feed him a lie when he comes back. Like that's the kind of stuff I need because then it gives me an idea of like, one, it allows for like, something of a villain to be born right there we can have some feeling towards d that isn't just like oh she's well set up and i like her if there can be a little more complexity there like oh she's getting cocky like i don't know if i like that maybe i do like it maybe i don't like it um there's some room for nuance in a scene like that and i think it could benefit the show to have more scenes like that for other people Mm. I want to want to touch down on D for for a moment. Is D amongst the players that unfollowed us? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. D, okay. Yeah, so wait. Is. So it's Brandon D, and who's the third? Kelly. And Kelly. Okay. Got it. Got it. Well, we'll get to Kelly in a second. This is this um, is news. This is news for the pocket. We've, we've talked about how that we were the most. This this was the most followed the, the, of the cast of all the new era seasons. Um, so many of this cast followed us more than any other cast. Um, but that may have changed. Yeah. Which we'll get into it, I guess, more in the after show. But like, I thought for a moment that like Kelly was coming to play, and I was like, "Ooh, I love this energy." And then, yeah, mm-hmm. dropped out. Anyway, so I saw a tweet online last night. It's a photo of D. Uh, the tweet is from Georges Jack, and it says, "The strain, 
the, oh, sorry, the stranglehold she has on the other three Rebas needs to be studied. And then our friend James Pascucci uh, quote tweeted that and said, she must win. Like it's been so long since we've had a bad bitch win Survivor. And I guess what I wanted to zero in on it, I'm like, again, go off, you two. Um, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing, I, to me, this is like classic, we we need, we, we are in search of something, so we cling to the closest thing we have to it. And I'm not, and mm-hmm. this is not me saying like Dia's a flop or Dia's a loser, but I think there's been this like deification of D as being, again, like a bad bitch and... I think it is, to quote our star or starless metric, I think there is bad bitch rising in her, uh-huh. but like I do not think we've seen an ounce of a bad bitch, especially when you think of a Parvati or a Sandra or like the bad bitches of Survivor. Yeah. This is not at that level. I can, if, we could, if we could all come together and recognize like, yes, the water is simmering, certainly, um, but people are acting like we're at a boil in a way that to me frustrates me because it to me represents a lowered bar um that we as a fandom have lowered yeah. <laughs> whatever um so yeah you tell me are you is d the, the does d need to be studied is d the bad bitch that that uh twitter is saying she is uh look i i have to say i think d's a bad bitch okay like i i <laughs> i i and i yes it's with a lower bar a little bit because if you look at the point we're at in the season like the season's almost over okay so um for the bad bitch to arise at this point it's a little late in the game but at this point i'm gonna take what i can get so yes that is the definition of lowering the bar um it it's not at poverty levels but it's like glancing glimmering poverty right like so can you give me an example of like a moment where you were like this is bad bitch behavior well the i mean the the very first moment is like like i referenced was a couple weeks ago when she uh, and kelly had won that pole hanging challenge um which uh, apparently our commentary on that was enough for them to unfollow us um but i don't think we said anything bad but that she got like kind of cocky after that win and was standing around uh in the water dictating the vote saying like no it's gonna be this it's gonna be this like don't even bother um, not giving anyone the room to, you know, not even like feigning to hear other people's perspective. We see it again in this episode with uh, Julie going to her and saying like, hey, I'd really like to get Jake out. One, he wrote my name down. He was coming for me, blah, 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 blah. And Dee goes, well, no, because Kendra's been saying my name and it's going to be Kendra. So it's already settled. Uh, So just the way that she's sort of like, this authoritarian approach she's having to the Reba Alliance. I feel like she has gotten quite cocky and I like to see that. And I think again, to bring up the rice scene, the way that she's like laughing and joking about how they're going to eat Jake's rice and they lie to him and say like half the rice has been burnt and we threw it out. That's the kind of thing that like that is the quote unquote villainous behavior. And I'm not saying that she's like a villain for me, but it's the kind of behavior that like I need to see from Survivor. That's what I really, really love. And she's starting to give that. And for me, that's kind of bad bitch behavior. And I'm curious to see how this is going to go. Like there is a world in which she gets toppled. We're seeing people start to think about it. Um, But there's also a world in which she doesn't get toppled and she goes to the final three and wins. And like, that would be like, a pretty fun win for me because keep in mind there is still several weeks to, and back to the 
<laughs> Bad Bitch Rising is that there are several weeks to come and I only see this ramping up from here if she stays in the game. I just think this conversation of her being like, if she gets to final three, she will win. I don't see her winning at all. Mm, really? I think she's made a lot of enemies. Case in point, the conversation you just had about Jake and Kendra. But um, she doesn't, yeah, but she, she doesn't know about that. I mean, nobody knows about the Jake thing except Drew. Like, no, and so what, what we don't know is like. No, but I can't imagine that she's been like warm and friendly to Jake. Like, I don't think sure. that they have like a bond. I'm not saying it's a guarantee that he would vote yeah. against her because of that. But my point being, it's like for for the conversation to be like d that 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 bad bitch behavior that people are seeing to say that that is the thing that's going to get her a win sort of fails to recognize the way winners on survivor work which is that well i'm yeah i'm not saying that the bad bitch behavior is what's going to get her the win i'm saying that's uh what would get her the satisfying win from me i see the the stamp of approval of like this is a good win um but i do think there's a world in which she wins because of the power that's she's perceived to have staying in the game and also the sort of like power that she's exuding and being able to just call call the shots on these votes and she'll be able to like point all of that out at yeah. the final three i think I mean, austin is trying to like work he's trying to like all uh, preemptively create a what is it, a defense, offense? Defense against that uh, and sort of like hiding moves, having all of these advantages in his arsenal, sort of like, uh, I feel like that's kind of what Xander or somebody was trying to do, like tried to come out with all this stuff at the end. Um, I think he's going to have to start revealing some of that, like this idea that he uh, won his vote back but pretended he didn't. I'm still trying to wrap my head around maybe why he was doing that, but I do think part of it is for that element of surprise, that Marianne effect at the final tribal council to be like you guys didn't know that i was doing this 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 and this because i hid it under my sort of like goofy nice guy persona right and i think hmm choosing words i think that there's a corollary here to what what we're talking about right now and a conversation we and others have been having about survivor casting more nerds than ever before and i think there's a corollary Cause I think that like that celebration of that Marianne type play, mm-hmm. I'm of the mindset of like, I don't think that that's necessarily, like, I think there's a, the kind of players that they cast now celebrate something like that and regard it in a way, um, because they like recognize the, the strategic nature. And I think that when you look at like a lot of earlier winners, like, you know, Amber's coming to mind for me as the most obvious, not a strategic player whatsoever, but just everyone around her was out, was strategizing to the point where her not strategizing became her strategy. Um, Well, it it comes back to this, like people used to take moves personally and now they applaud them. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. And so when you get to the end, is it going to be a situation? Is it going to be a situation where, uh, I don't know, let's say you have like Julie and D in the end up against, I don't know, let's say Jake or something like right, uh, I'm making this up. But you, let, let's let's compare Julie and D where people see like, oh, Mama J is what they call Julie. Like Julie obviously is loved on that tribe. And so are they going to vote with their hearts for somebody that they just like more or are they or is d going to be able to lay out her game and say like yeah julie was a part of my alliance and made all the same moves that i did but i was calling all of those shots are they going to applaud that that strategic aspect i think that in the new era they're more likely 
to vote uh, f- for a winner based on the strategic game they play. But that's not always the case. Look at Gabler's win. That came down to they just <laughs> liked Gabler better than they liked the two other people. Sorry, when you said look at Gabler's win, I was like, who, me? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just, I, I coming off of the, the push that Survivor Paramount Plus CBS has been doing on this season and, you know, put Trot and Jeff out and everything. Like I wanted to think that that momentum was like going to be present in the show. And again, this wasn't like a terrible episode of Survivor so much as it was like, I'm just sort of like, what are, what are we doing? And and, and part of me is wondering too, like with, uh, you know, thinking specifically about the losses of Sabaya and Caleb, where mm-hmm. I'm like, I wonder if we'll look back at this season and be like, we lost too many of the promising characters early on in the season because especially with Caleb, I can't help but think about how much we would benefit from having a Caleb type player right now, because even the dominant players, Austin, Drew and D right now, they're pretty like lazy (laughs) when it comes to just like, they don't really have to do much. They're in such a powerful position. They don't need to be having conversations with Jake or with Kendra or with Bruce. So I guess going back, I said it already, but just to like sort of punctuate it. Yeah, just I'm not feeling like moving forward. We're set up in a really good way for a great back half of this season. Yeah, well, and what's interesting is that something has happened this season that uh, I don't know if like the players feel scared a little bit. All of these votes we're seeing are like dogpiled on one person even with the recognition that there is this re before, but you still have like, uh, sorry, some of them have lost their votes and I'm losing track of who, but but let's just, for the, for the sake of argument, we've got like Katura, Bruce, Jake, Kendra over on the other side. We've got Emily is like a potential floater, even though she's she's been voting with the Rebas for some time now. Uh, but you've got all these people who could try to make something happen and yet they don't. It's like... Uh, Usually you would see, okay, well, you know, it's going to be Kendra or Jake and like the, the minority will at least throw the votes on Jake you know, like they, and they're throwing one of their own under the bus in the process, but they, they might throw the votes on just because you never know what might happen. But that's not the case. Only Kendra voted for Jake. Uh, and we've seen that time and time again uh, with the odd outlier of like, okay, maybe two people vote for somebody different. Um, we're not seeing like significant vote splits in any way, yeah. which is interesting. Like, I don't know if that's a part of the dynamic of uh, the, the the tribe or we don't have these sort of like more chaos figures like Caleb who are willing to take those risks and put themselves out there. Um, or if this like Reba alliance is just so, like so intimidating or everybody wants to be in with that crowd, uh, we don't know, but there's something contributing to the fact that everybody is dogpiling votes this season. And so you don't get those exciting because usually you get the like, is it going to be this person or is it going to be this person? Here it was like very much a foregone conclusion that Kendra is going home, period. Right, which is just not an exciting person to vote out. And also, again, with like these players, it's like, what are you, what's your greater goal in getting out Kendra? Kendra's not a threat to win this game. Exactly. You should want Kendra in this game if you are a smart survivor player of which i believe there are a few in this cast why are we still doing this target kendra thing well that's exactly my point is that why isn't and i i honestly believe it's because they're not given the time to work this out like i really believe that 
there like it seemed like they had a matter of an hour or two before tribal council to work out the vote i think if they were given the full afternoon or a full day there would be these conversations of like wait a second getting kendra out only really benefits d so what are we doing here and why is that the case why are we letting d call this shot is so do we want to switch this to like get can we convince d that maybe jake is the better person to get out like he's you know more of a maybe physical challenger or something like that um or there's an argument that you know like emily said like yeah kendra's a bit of a wild card but we kind of know what like she's predictable in a sense and she's not that threatening and so like why wouldn't we keep her around a little longer she's way less threatening than Jake, who's like tried to make moves. He's tried to take out Julie. Like he's, he has rallied the odd, uh, like a ragtag vote. And so he is like a bigger threat to the Alliance period. Like there are arguments to be made and it didn't seem like they were given the time to make those arguments to one another. Yeah. So, well, do you want to play star or starless? I don't need to, but okay. Well, what about this? Somebody messaged and, um, I actually like, I had a lot of stars to give out this week. Oh, we agree. Well, let's play. Despite the, the, but we don't have to play. But somebody, no, 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 I, no. I just want to put. I want to throw this out there. Somebody messaged and suggested, "What if instead of like a, <laughs> instead of a jarring list of starless people, um, we just choose one star and one starless, maybe a starless rising from the episode each." Do you ha- so did wait, you have a star this episode? So wait, well, but if that's the rubric, I can pick one. So wait, we, we're picking a star and then a starless rising or a star and a starless? Pick a, If you have a starless rising, you can throw it in there, but a, one star and one starless from the episode. And so the idea would be like this was the this would be like the most starless yeah. person. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, why don't you start with, let's go, let's do negative first so we can end on positive. So who okay. was your starless? Uh, I would have to say that my most starless of the episode was, unfortunately, Katura. Mm. She didn't seem to play a role at all. Mm. I would say my most starless would be Drew. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that? (laughs) He just wasn't around. Nothing to say about him at all. So, I I mean, I guess, again, in my memory, it's just I have more moments of, I, I feel like Drew had, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like okay. I was going to try and justify it. I don't know. Starless. <laughs> Do you have a star? My star of the episode. Mm, <laughs> I would give it to, I guess, Austin. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I would have put him Starless Rising. Yeah. I mean, okay. some of many options here. I'm limited. <laughs> yeah. You're going to give it to your girl, D. Yeah, I think I would give it to D, and I would consider giving it even to Kendra. And I know you might disagree here, but I I feel like, and this is Kendra's goodbye episode, and I've really enjoyed watching her on the season. To be completely honest, I think she was a breath of fresh air. I think the fact that Emily, I guess I'm giving it to Kendra because like I'm going to talk about her way more than I talk about D, um, but. I feel like the fact that Emily says like, yeah, she's a little chaotic to work with, but she's not a threat is like, we don't really see those kinds of people very often anymore on Survivor. Like you get them sometimes, but usually these kinds of people go home pre-merge. And so to have a Kendra stick around who has like a unique energy amongst the cast and 
uh, like there is a little nuance and I liked seeing her as much as as much as I was complaining about sort of like an inevitable vote uh, and sort of knowing who was going to go home for most of the episode. I don't mind sometimes seeing that when the person themselves also realizes that mm-hmm. and sort of is like having to admit defeat in the moment and come to terms with the fact that like they really don't have a move to make. And I feel like it was like a nice way to round out Kendra's story. Okay. So I give her my star. That's wonderful. And, I, and, and I'll say this as a positive. Starless Rising for me, <laughs> again, it's like conceptual, but I see I see a lot of potential for Emily to come back. Hey, listen, I would love that to be the case. Uh-huh. Uh, just keep it on my negative train. Even if that were to be the case, it's now been like, I think we're on like week five of Emily flatlining. So... Mm-hmm. Because for a while I was like, okay, you know, you can have an episode or two where you sort of, you know, we we lose track of you for a little bit. But, like, we are just, we are in deep now. And she has yet to, yeah, the cast energy we were promised, um, let's just say. But you have to think, like, this is why I say that there's some conceptual potential here for Emily is that chaos emily happened when she was on the outs she knew she was on the outs and she was fighting for her life once she got on the in that's when she like tapered out right that's when she like plateaued and again i've said this before this makes sense for her game i understand why that's the case it's just like not exactly what i wanted um and so now that she has like had this like glimpse of like okay all this stuff i put in with drew it's like not it's not really bringing me into this alliance in the way I was hoping. Uh, I do feel like she may start to feel like she's on the outs again and may act out. If there's somebody who can rally the misfits together to try to take down the Reba alliance, I feel like that person could be Emily. And, you know, she's coming from, like, the school of Caleb. She was a student of Caleb. And so, like, if anybody's going to do it, I feel like Emily could do it. And I saw some hope in the next time on Survivor, although those have been a little misleading this season. Yeah, our women's alliance. Um, listen, I, I'm, I would love that. So I, you know what, let's prayer circle here and, and hope that that comes to be. Cause yeah, this season needs something. And so for me to be like, well, I don't see any hope is sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Like Emily, rise up, baby, rise. I did want to mention. Even I think that even if the Reba Alliance pagongs the way, all their, their way to the end, like, I don't mind that as a story, but what I need is I need to see a fight back, right? Like, that's what I think the story needs. We need a battle of, like, we can pick a side. Because right now, it's just Reba versus a whole bunch of, like, free agents who end up voting with Reba. I was so going to say, free agents who aren't even, like... a storytelling like... perspective is for those people to organize and be like, let's at least, even if we can't pull it off, let's try to make a move. Like, let's go down fighting. Right. And I think the bummer right now with those free agents is, like, You've got what Soskatora, Bruce, Jake, and Emily. Neither of the four of them are working together even as yeah. duos. So it's like there's not even the prospect of like, well, two of these people can link up to maximize the power of a joint slay. Yeah, there's just there's very few tactical ways in which this can move forward in an interesting way. But to your point, let's have optimism. I did want to mention Jeff um, calling the Kelly boot from last week, quote, one of the most devastating and surprising in Survivor history. 
He said it was going to go on lists. Yeah. <laughs> what lists? Well, you know what? <laughs> It'll go on lists. It sure will, actually. Um, like Dalton Ross lists or Rick Devins lists? But like, w- I mean, I know you were more impressed by the last episode than uh, the, the Kelly Booth uh-huh. and I was, and you were able to find two grid posts worth of memes uh, to be derived. Sean was really uh, vibing. Um, but what do you, do you, what do you make of this being given such prestige? Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot to say. If Kelly didn't like us before, she ain't gonna like us now. Uh, I have to say <laughs> that this was a wild thing for Jeff to say, while I did, and I stand by what I said last week, I did love Kelly's exit because I liked seeing someone go out mad. And hey, I like seeing someone on the jury still mad. It is it is kind of refreshing. But for Jeff to call this one of the most devastating exits, maybe in the moment it felt that way to him because the show hadn't been edited together yet. But from a viewer perspective, Kelly had virtually no impact whatsoever on the season and is not going to be a memorable character. I was thinking when Jeff said that, I was like, the problem is Kelly is not going to go down on lists because she's not memorable in the season. And I'm not saying anything about like whether that like she's a good person or a bad person. Um, she's she a bad person. Was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> she just was barely in the show. Yeah. And so... F- Yes, while her boot may have been devastating for her because it was a blindside and devastating for Kendra because it was a blindside, it wasn't devastating for the audience. It was certainly like I got it got a reaction from me because I was surprised and like it was it was exciting and it was a fun move. But it, I wasn't devastated to lose Kelly because I didn't have Kelly to begin with. Um, the only reason I was devastated to lose Kelly was because she was my winner pick. And mm-hmm. devastated is a little, little too strong of a word, I think, for that. But in like you know, if you compare it to boots in the past, where you actually are devastated, like it doesn't hold a candle. And I feel, I feel like uh, while I do appreciate seeing somebody like a little bitter on you know the jury bench, uh, it was really irritating me last night. I got to say because I was like, who are you <laughs> to be? Like you're the second juror. Like let's not pretend like you you were about to win the show. Like. You know, and it, what I, like, I'm sort of like I'm of two minds of it because like I like to see a bitter juror, but I also am like, well, you have to have like the right to be bitter for some reason, and mm. you just did, don't. I don't think you have that right. And so like all of these like eye rolls and like scowls and like the amount of time. I mean, like I feel like Kelly had more words to say from the jury bench than she did on you know the eight episodes of Survivor she was on. So all of that to say, Jeff, no, was not the most devastating. It will not go on a list. It was not even in the top 20 most devastating. But also like... Maybe not the top 40 most devastating. Not the top 800. Um, But but also Jeff needs to not be talking this way. Um, I don't... Again, I hate superlatives in general, but like the idea that we're now bringing the superlatives into the show is just such a bummer for me. It's such a... Of the many signs that we've... I don't want to say jump the shark. It wouldn't even I wouldn't even call it that. But just like this is not a good trend to me to be not I don't even like self-referential at all, but then to add that layer of like self-referential and like cre- you know, creating entries into listicles that fans of the show make within the show, I don't like it. 
Well, speaking of which, I mean, Jeff is not only doing that at Tribal Council, he's also doing it at the challenge and getting it wrong. Have you seen this? That he calls out that uh, in that last stage of the challenge where they're holding the discs against either sides of a wall um, with their arms outstretched, he, he announces, we've done this challenge twice and a man has never won, uh, which is patently untrue because a man did win that challenge in Korong. So... Like if you're if you're gonna make the listicles, like get your facts right, Jeff. So, can we maybe before we wrap up, just touch on the Bruce storyline from the beginning of this episode, where he's told like, "Hey, Kelly was gunning for you. Kelly thought you were overbearing. She felt like she was like really locked in with you." And he has this moment of like reckoning with himself to be like, "Am I? Am I that person? Am I that person that?" has been shown on the show for the past eight episodes or at least like the first six episodes. Um, I really appreciated that. Like I would give Bruce a starless rising for that because um, he's been a little starless uh, in, in the past couple episodes, but here was a moment of evolution where he's like having to reckon with the thing that made him a star early in the season and realize that that might not be a great thing for him in his life. And I feel like that was a really refreshing thing to see on Survivor where we hear a lot about like, this game has impacted me this like, I'm going to take these experiences with me. But here was like a really tangible moment where it's like, this is something I didn't know about myself that I'm finding out about myself that the audience has seen about myself. And I'm like having to reckon with what that means for my real life and my family. I appreciated that. No reaction? No. <laughs> okay. But I'm glad you appreciated it. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else we need to touch down on for this episode? Not for me. We got to keep it short. Evan's got to get to the um, leftovers. Ew! No, I, I. What did you make of that chicken? The chicken with no utensils and no sides. Uh weird. But like, it's like weird. But like the lack, of, uh, weird to begin with, and also like the lack of acknowledgement of it being weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, there was no, like we had Bruce say, there wasn't even utensils, but it's not like, wait a second, like this was kind of, it's not a booby prize because we're still getting meat, but like, it's a bit of a booby prize because they're like, I thought we were getting a meal. But I like the idea of this being like, uh, for future seasons where it's like, you can have this reward, but you have to have your hands tied behind your back, but it's like a whole chicken and you have to like navigate like around like the bones and the cartilage with your teeth. Like I do like the idea of like there being... You know, I'm not for twists, but if we're going to, you know, twist the reward a little bit, it's like, here's the reward, but there's a condition with which and how you will enjoy the food. Also, sorry, just because this popped into my head. Do you know what challenge I fucking miss? When they all had to rip the meat off of totally that animal and then, like, spit it into a thing and then whoever's, whoever's pile weighed the most, that was a great challenge. And also very, um, a great equalizer in some senses. Yeah. We love that challenge. Hey, it seems like every time we throw out that we love a challenge and we want to back it, like it's going to kind of come back. So, mm. Okay, well, let me say I want a returning player season with no one from <laughs> 41 plus. Especially not you, Kelly. I'm most surprised by Brandon's behavior, though, I have to say, because it's like Kelly and Dee, we don't know. We've had quite a few interactions with Brandon. Um, and it's my understanding Brandon follow us followed us before his time on the show so brandon i have to believe you are a listener right now let us know what we did i'm not necessarily looking to make amends but i could be open to it <laughs> if i knew what it is that we did uh yeah yeah i, I don't care but 
Uh, this, is, this is a problem with the pot. Like, you know, when the podcast gets like a little too big, or not big, but you know, when the podcast, you know, grows legs and, and the players start listening, you're like, you have to ba- balance. Like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I also want to be honest. And like, I'm not, I'm not setting out to be mean to anybody. I don't think I've been mean. I think I've been somewhat mean in the past, but I, I try to be conscious of like, not being mean to people. It'd be funny if this was a reality show and it would like cut to like a clip of us, us just like <laughs> annihilating people's character. Um, no, I feel like we keep it, especially on the main feed, about the game. We've never said anything about Brandon, D, or who's the third one? Kelly. Or or Kelly's like characters as people. So I think that that's, but whatever. Listen, free country. Yeah, I don't care. Like I said, does, I don't care. Does Julie follow us? No. Julie's oh, that's the one we've never had, Julie. Julie, we've never had. We've never had Sifu, and we've never had Emily. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, but one last thing before we go is that I just wanted to say, I <laughs> just wanted to put it on the record, that the journey and the challenge at the journey, I don't want to see people do math on TV. It's not fun. I don't want to see ma- people do math in real life. I don't want to do math. Uh, you know, if we're going to be doing challenges on a journey to win back votes, which I don't even think should be happening, let's not make it a math problem. Okay. Well, I'm ending on a negative. Should we give people an emoji? Do you have one that's coming to mind? <laughs> do we have a meme? Well, do we want to just do the chicken? Uh, oh, yeah. Is there like a roasted chicken or like it's like a I mean, there's a chicken or something. Why don't we do just the leg, the chicken leg? Oh, love that. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Is is there a meme cap coming? Um, there won't be one until Saturday. Okay. Well, I could work on it today. But also, we could just post a meme. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. I, I just I I can't. <laughs> I have to. I understand. I I have some moments already like earmarked, so I could I could take care of this. <laughs> I'll talk about this later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening, especially uh, you, Kelly D and Brandon, if you are listening, uh, <laughs> make sure to rate and review this. If you enjoyed it, you can find us on Instagram at drop your buffs pod. You can find us on Twitter. Can someone just leave a comment that's like, cause honestly, I feel like I'm alone in this, but like, I like listening to recaps of people shitting on things, but like, I know uh-huh. that that's like, I, I think I'm in the minority but like yeah are there others out there like i like listening to someone speaking ill about something that i'm like mid on so like when i I love the drag race recaps when they're just like this season has totally flatlined and here's why um but uh, yeah i know i find that so much more fun than listening to like this like yeah if it's amazing it's like yeah we agree it's amazing but like when there's stuff to like find and like talk about and dissect like that's so much more interesting but, to me. The, so, like, but i think we have found i think i think we have found that audience but you know some people come in and out and they go oh this is not for me gonna back out well there yeah. uh, there are gonna be people out there that are gonna say like well yeah but like i need a little bit more balance and i don't disagree with you so listen let's set in- so our intentions are set right we are willing a better game moving forward for emily and we are willing a show that creates the possibility of us finding more great moments to highlight on next week's episode. But honestly, I'm setting that intention. I think next week is going to prove it's going to be more of a balance. Okay. Love that. Now we're ending on positivity. Okay. And you can follow us over on Twitter at DropBuffsPod. Until next week with our recap of episode uh, 10. Bye. Bye. Bye.